Hey, I'm Sharon Pearson, and I really want to thank you firstly so much for joining me on the Perspectives journey. And your feedback is so appreciated. I'm so pleased that you're digging it. Please send in any questions you have about topics around different human perspectives that you'd love me to chat about. Coming up in this Perspectives episode, we have something a little different for you, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. At different times throughout the year, I am fortunate enough and privileged enough to be able to present live in one of our training rooms here at the Coaching Institute campus, which means I'm in front of a studio of people, wonderful coaches, people who are interested in coaching methodologies, who are simply passionate about being their very best selves. And we have cameras everywhere. It's one of the perks of having this beautiful campus and all the technology and the phenomenal team we have. So there's cameras everywhere and we capture it. We thought what better gift to bring you today in this Perspectives episode was a snippet from one of those trainings where I dive deep into an aspect of human behavior that I believe will really give you phenomenal value. So you get to see me live. It'll be either an online recording or it could be me live in front of an audience. Either way, it's going to be an aspect of how we can rock out at this thing called life in a way that has deep meaning for ourselves, because that's what this is all about. It's your perspective on a phenomenal life. So enjoy the show. You may find at different times, I might mention different things that aren't on camera. Use your imagination to fill in the gaps. Mostly, however, the narrative will unfold in a way that will make sense and I trust you get great value from. I look forward to your feedback and I hope if this goes well, we get to bring you more shows from live events that we do here at the campus here in Melbourne, Australia. So this is based on the work um, that I've been doing more and more the last few years. So my coaching's really taken a deeper turn. Rarely these days when someone says they want something, is that the thing I coach? That's the first thing I tell you. It's very, I can't remember the last time I coached what my client wanted me to coach. If you see me in action, I, just, I don't even mention what they say they want to be coached on. <laughs> Have you seen that? This is, it's almost secondary. It's not almost, it is secondary. The other level of depth that my coaching has gone to and what my clients are, what we're experiencing now is an understanding that the goal we set and we say we aspire to achieve isn't our truth. That we set that goal from a place of hoping to placate our pain. We've gone deep quick, haven't we? Yes. Say it again. Yep. Only for you. Everybody else, not for anyone else, just for you. We set aspirational goals that we don't try to achieve as a way of placating our pain. Try it on, if it resonates. So someone sets a goal in our program. So I believe nearly everybody who trains to be a therapist or a coach, they do it because they believe they're fucked up. Yeah? Too much? Too, too soon? I know. Who here perhaps would say that's true for everybody else in the room? Talk to her. <laughs> How's that sit? 
that, we set goals that look good, that are polished, that are sound good, that are aspirational, that when we write them down, a million dollar coach. I can tell you the stats on how many people become a million dollar coach has not changed. It's, it's really low. But everyone's writing their goal down, or a lot of us are writing their goal down, which would be six-figure coach, but the stats aren't changing. So I believe we do that, not for the intent of going for it. We think we're going to go for it, consciously, but unconsciously, we have no intention of doing it. It's a way of placating our pain and our shame of not living up to who we thought we'd be. How's that sitting with you guys? Mm, is that where we're going to be for two days? Yes. Mm. <laughs> you love it? So it's deliberate. Yeah. It's not deliberate. It's not conscious. It's unconscious. And you're going to coach clients who do this. You're going to have clients who set goals that are aspirational and beautiful and well-polished, and they simply do not have the mindset yet where they're equal to the challenge. So the challenges be set, but they're just not skilled up or believe they're resourceful enough to hit that goal. So I'd never coach the goal anymore. How's that? I coach the truth. I coach how they're hiding, who they're not being, what they're missing about themselves. I help them recover who they're meant to be. And then, interestingly, as they grow and as they change their perception of themselves, guess what happens? They changed the goal. Because the goal was a way of putting outside of ourselves, if I get that, then I'm okay. But what if we reverse it? What if you coach your clients to be okay? It would be easier. You guys are really thinking about this, aren't you? Yes. I can hear the cogs from here. It's really noisy. So how's that sitting? Yeah? I'm sort of coming from Grant Cardone's perspective here because he says. Speak up. Think of Mike. Coming from Grant Cardone's perspective on setting goals and reading his new book, The Tenex. Right. And um, he's, he's pretty much saying what you're saying, that he's a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, right, a little bit. I'm not allowed to be aggressive, I'm female. <laughs> so he says that people set goals, and most people, the majority of people, they will literally keep changing those goals because they realize, well, they won't do what it takes to reach that goal. Yeah. And then they'll just keep downgrading and downgrading. Whereas his strategy is to just work 10 times harder to reach that goal. It's not my strategy. No. It's not about working harder. It's about changing this and then asking ourselves, well, now I know who I am and I love who I am. What is it I'm really looking to create here? Yeah. And I'm all for the Gary V message of work harder and all that. Yeah. Yay. But I'm also, well, if I can get this working for me, that won't look like hard work. Because it changes. That was a good one as well. You're going to have that. Yeah. I've got two, two, Hello. two comments. My name is Shadi Yami. How are you? And I've got two comments. How are you? Oh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. <laughs> uh, one is that, is it possible that person is, you know, there's a very thin line between ambition and over-ambition. Yes. I Wonderful. And, and under possible. and under ambition. And under ambition. Yeah. Yes. So is it possible that the person may be thinking in terms of being great? Being what? Being great. Being great? Yeah, yeah it could be yeah, ambition without meaning is misery. Yeah. And that's why they keep pursuing the goals, yeah. wondering if they'll ever catch happiness. And they yes. never do because their strategy's fucked from the beginning. So over ambition and under ambition, for example. 
Under ambition would be what? Yes. Um, under ambition is, in some sense, like an apathy or a sense of not give upness. Give up. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or the worst, the learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. So if I coach someone and I see them flaking and being completely disconnected from even having a go, I'm seeing what I call give upness. You can have that. So it's a give upness. And around that, I immediately know what probably happened in their past for them to have landed on that strategy. So let me give you an example using under ambition as an example of how I see a client. And it's just one example of millions. Every client's different. Can we appreciate that? Yes. Yeah. But I, and this is, these are generalizations. I would need to know the client. So as I unfold this story, you're going to be thinking, yeah, but what about, but what about? Well, I'm doing my whatabouts. Does that make sense? I can't do all your whatabouts. Make sense? So I'm just going to have a go of my whatabouts. And my whatabouts are going to be made up, so they're immediately bored. But let's give it a go of my whatabouts. I mean someone who's in their 40s who's still under-ambitious. And under-ambitious, I mean, gives up easily, lacks resilience, doesn't push through, dresses poorly, doesn't take care of themselves, uh, has failed repeatedly to hold down a job, and it's always the boss's fault. How am I doing here? Anybody know anybody like this? I do. Now, I know immediately that that is a strategy they learned and perfected in childhood. Immediately, I know this. No one comes into life wanting to fuck it all up. Fair? It's painful, isn't it? To constantly have defeat and setback and never, ever have a win and to feel different and freaky and all of those things. That's a painful way to live. So I merely know that at some point in childhood, there was a trigger. An adult, a caretaker, I'm just going to call them big people, a big person who has responsibility for caring for them, did something, behaved a certain way, rewarded and punished certain behaviour. And that child associated the reward and punishment to how they should behave. Don't shine too much, Donnie. You're big, big for your boots there, Richie. I've heard that one a few times. <laughs> um, my, my lines were, the, the cake, my big people gave me this. No one likes a smart girl. Or what about this? If you keep showing that you've got opinions, you'll never ever meet a friend. That's what I was taught. Now, there are two ways I could have gone, under ambition or over ambition. Which one do you suspect? <laughs> <laughs> huh? I probably went over ambition. I didn't give myself permission to shine as in being smart and talented till I was in my late 30s. How's that? So I didn't fit in or do anything over ambitious until I was 37, 38. How's that? So is that a good example? Yes? So I'm with a client and they say they want to achieve this goal. And I assess under and over ambition and immediately I know this whole story that they're bringing with their goal. Which one do you think is going to win? 
The one they've been doing for 37 years? Or the doll that sounds really good to impress Sharon? I'm going to go with the luggage. What do you reckon? So why would we coach to the goal? Is this going to change your coaching? Yes. Because you can't just then keep coaching, ignoring their under-ambitionness. You just can't ignore it. It's right there. And now, so we have insight if we know what we're looking for as to what that person is bringing with the goal. They're bringing all this luggage, all this baggage. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that session and gained some important insights from it. The rest of this episode is from a later session of the same training. So just for some context, Sharon will be talking about a handful of qualities that all humans are born with. We call this the I Amnes traits, and she dives deeper into this in her latest book, Ultimate You. These are traits that we're often born with, that are often trained out of us by the time we arrive in adulthood. Those qualities include creativity, resilience, risk-taking, playfulness, sense of humor, lovingness, intuition, and curiosity. Now, over the next session, you'll hear Sharon discuss with the audience how to observe which of these characteristics have been stifled and how that changes people's personalities, and perhaps how you could explore how to bring that out more in you and in the people around you. Enjoy. So, I'm working with... The original person, who we were originally before stuff happened and tribal cycles came along. And it's in all of us. It may be dormant, it may be completely neglected, denied. Literally, we could have clients saying, that's not me. So then we get to ask ourselves interesting questions of ourselves and of our clients. What do you think a question could be? that we could be pondering as we work with a client or as we consider ourselves. <laughs> when was the last time you remember being there? Wonderful. And then, and then you, so you ask the question, when do you remember, do you remember a time? What's another question we could have in our minds or ask our clients or ask ourselves? What about this? Let's bring it right back to base camp. You're with a client and just look to observe those qualities. Yes. Um, so the questions people ask, the tone in which they do, Thank the you. They the way they hold their bodies, yes, yes. how they respond to feedback. Mm -hmm. What are some other indicators? You just observe, just watch them. Mm -hmm. It's all I do with you guys, observe, which is why I like a mind reader, misorganised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Is it a sense of humour people pleasing or is it genuine? Like, yeah, nice, a nice distinction, yeah. lovely yeah. detail you've recovered there. What else could you observe that tells you it is or isn't there? Just their, their, their facial expression. Are their eyes alight? So childlike wonder, there is a lightness in the eyes, not dead eyes. Yeah? yeah? yeah, yeah. Engagement in this conversation is telling me stacks, loads, and heaps about you. <laughs> Obviously, but isn't it telling you stacks, loads, and heaps about yourselves? Yes. Whether or not you engage, that would be something that I'd be observing. How you engage. You know, sometimes I get somebody in the room who feels the need very rarely happens, but every now and again they feel that they sit right up here, up close, and they feel the need to correct me throughout the trance. Generally a guy, who's very masculine, alpha kind of guy, and he feels the need to... You were in that training during Meta One, there was a guy who was doing that a little bit day one, then he stopped. <laughs> he met his match. <laughs> <laughs> but here, this, this desire to correct, that's an observable trait. Now that doesn't tell me he's wanting to correct me. What is that telling us about him? What's being denied in him? 
You guys getting this? This is so cool! What does it tell me he was denied in him? His thoughts would have been denied? Yes, it's making a mistake. But how would he be on making a mistake? He didn't touch that one. Do you think mistakes would have been encouraged in his family, in his tribe? He would have been blamed, he would have been in trouble, man up kind of thing. So what kind of qualities would have been encouraged in that in that alpha helpful participant? Mark, your territory. Strong, fixing, wonderful. Anything else? No mistakes? Get it right. So what aspects of this person do you think have been denied? All of them. Wow. Goodness. So do you see human beings a little differently now? I do. Just when I said that, it's, huh? See yourself differently. Wonderful. So that's how I see people. It's which of this are they, have they been allowed to be? And which of this was denied? And what stepped in at its place? Just by observing. Just by being. You guys getting some insights into yourselves, perhaps? Yeah. Because organised isn't on the list. <laughs> I'm actually not making fun right I'm seriously saying organised and controlling is not on the list. Not speaking isn't on the list. Being denied, you being awesome, isn't on the list. Being told you have to be, or encouraged and rewarded for being very masculine and shut down, not on the fucking list. Yeah? Um, I think judgment is a really clear indicator as well. But when they're often nice. Yeah, when they're judgment, judgmental to others. Yeah. I feel such compassion for that person because what are they saying? What do you now know already at slide number two about that person? They have a lot of rules that go back to where it came from. They could have been judged. They could have been in a very high achieving family. What makes some assumptions? Like, have a go. They wouldn't have been heard. I like that. Could have been told they were wrong. Could have been closed minded upbringing. Look how you're becoming an expert in just observing a human being. And it is simple as you're doing now. It's not more complicated. It doesn't take years of psych training. This is it. This, I work with that list. If I observe that, tick. They recovered that resource. They have that resource. That resource was never uh, denied to them. If I don't see this, this is generally where I'm heading them. Yeah. Can people do these as roles? Like play these? Wonderful question. What do you think? I think yes. Yeah, they can be put on. Yeah. Do you believe you can tell? Um, well, I'm thinking about in my own, for my own self. Sure. So um, I can see that I play a lot of those as part of my roles. Yeah. It's wonderful insight. Thank you for your honesty. That's a big deal to you, isn't it, saying that? It's always a big deal to speak. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Okay. Mm, it wasn't yesterday when you spoke about your children? No. That you actually flowed around that? I'm so actually doing it on purpose because yeah. I know that I don't want to. Yeah. I think the emotion now is because you're speaking for yourself and that's a vulnerability, whereas you're very strong as a mother and you know your role as a mother. But if you have as a role as somebody seeking <coughs> connection for you, and it's not about your eight kids, it's just for you, 
This is another level for you. Yeah. You know it's going to be a good day when you start the day crying. <laughs> <laughs> the new TCI motto. <laughs> Let's not put that on Facebook. I don't need any help. It's fine. Thank you. I appreciate your openness with sharing that. So. There are cultures and religions where this would be denied no matter what, and it will impact and affect their functionality and level of fulfillment. That's the price you pay for that religion, it's the price you pay for that cultural choice. It will be denied. It's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. You can't be in a cult and be playful and spontaneous. It's banned, the same as it is in childhood. Any other comments or observations? Yeah? I'm curious. I had a lot of those, like a lot of those were taken from me, mm -hmm. they weren't developed. So I actually learned how to do them, I remember teaching myself how to laugh. Good for you, good for you. Now, yeah, and now the laugh is infectious. Good for you, yeah. good so for I you. Learned what was taken away, how to. Wonderful. Hey, if we're doing some work on ourselves, however we get there, yeah. all paths are leading to ourselves. Yes. Whatever goal we have, we're trying to get to ourselves. Whatever relationship we have, we're trying to get to ourselves. Yes. That's it. So if you're doing that, rock on. And now do it for your clients. Yes.